video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you uh, Hello, watch. my name is Dustin McClure, and here today with... Mark Hanson. <laughs> Whoa, such enthusiasm. Yeah, and you're good morning, man. Yeah, and you're excited so to excited talk about to all these releases. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about new releases. Yeah, I mean, this is a small week compared to what we've done the last few times. And yeah. there's very few movies I recognize on this list, <laughs> yeah. so uh, this will be an interesting episode. Yeah, it's okay. I did my frantic research five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> remember what all these are. So there's only two cult film releases this week. Uh, Bad Manners from Scorpion, which is directed by Robert Houston, who you may know from Hills Have Eyes 1 and 2, <laughs> which is about scruffy orphanage inmates attempt to rescue a fellow brat. Wow, that's a synopsis. <laughs> fellow brat. Yeah. <laughs> Adopted by a West Coast couple, played by Martin Mull and Karen Black. Woo, fun. Yeah. Bad News Bears Adventures, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like a Scorpion comedy <laughs> yep. that they're putting out. Just uh, mining that nostalgia, yeah. right? Apparently, Robert Houston was the guy who made Shogun Assassin, too. Oh, he edited it. Yeah, Yeah, so he probably worked for... Who did that? Oh, man, I'm going to lose my deep credentials for that. It's not New World Pictures. It was somebody else that did. Yeah, the dub with the little kid who's like, "Um, (laughs) my name is... Oh, what's his name? (laughs) It's too early in the morning. I know, Jesus. You pointed out it's in the morning. I'm like, where am I? What time is it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't drink coffee. I have to get through (laughs) adrenaline. I just take uh, my EpiPen every morning (laughs) to get going. And I'm like, yeah, time to record a podcast. That's how everybody... Of course. We also have, uh, this has been a long time coming. It feels like, uh, did it get released? This is a few weeks late. Okay. Um, How dare you? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mondo Mondo Macabro. Macabro, You can't trust them to get things here. Yeah, because they ship directly to you, right? Like a lot of these companies. We actually have a supplier for them, Mm. but um, for some reason, they're. Fulfillment is just a little slow. Uh, so if you okay. try I mean, I like to go companies. through them, like yeah. get directly from Mondo Macabre, will your supplier like show up with baseball bats? He's like, breaking <laughs> your legs? Maybe. No, I mean, we <laughs> we try and go direct with as many people as possible. But if you have a supplier, our supplier for that company and a lot of other mm-hmm. cult companies like that is pretty good. And it makes we get pretty good pricing from them. It makes things a lot easier when you can order things in bulk yeah. from a big supplier. Cheaper like that. than it would yeah. be from directly the exactly. company. Exactly. And that's the thing. For a company, I'm all for going direct with companies like we did with Criterion mm-hmm. or big companies that we get a lot of product from. But with Please somebody like Criterion. Mondo, yeah, yeah, Mondo <laughs> Macabre, though. Like you're not the, ordering the 100 copies like, of the Beast no, of the No, we'd be store. ordering like four here, five mm-hmm. here. And then, you know, yeah, it's shipping on. They're probably, they're in the States. They're yeah. probably going to have it. You know, it just might not sort of. So this out. is a Paul Nashie film. People may yeah. not know him. He was a big, big is a strong word, but he made a lot of movies in Spain and he was famous for playing like all the monsters. So he played like a hunchback. He played a wolf man. He played a Frankenstein's monster. He basically played every monster. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And this one, the beast and magic sword was a Japanese co-production where his werewolf character, which he played the most in uh, all of his movies, Goes to Japan. <laughs> so Great. I haven't seen this one. Probably fun. Uh, it's later in his career, so he's a yeah. little bit older. Yeah. Because uh, he needed that Japanese funding money. <laughs> yeah, it says on the back it was the last one he was, like, really involved with. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of oversaw stuff for the rest of his career. Uh, we did an episode on him for the Important Cinema Club, and I was so disappointed by films like The Werewolf versus the Yeti, where they only face off in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> so really, it's kind of like Frankenstein meets... The Wolfman, which also right. has only like a minute long um, kerfuffle at the end. Yeah. But so it's like, yeah, I don't think I've actually ever seen a Paul Nash. Really? I have to say. I mean, I, Shout Factory like put out spot for me. all of those box sets. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is like the extreme Paul Nashy fan that is yeah. checking these ones out. Well, Mondo Macabre has been putting out a lot of his more obscure stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Shout Factory got the rights to the 
better yeah stuff. well so, i mean it's well, everyone's better, opinion yeah. but they're all popular we mm-hmm. sell his stuff like crazy, those red so cases people need those red cases like those. <laughs> uh in classics we have kansas city a robert altman film uh, how did this not come out the same week as <laughs> no. uh the other robert altman film this That's is released by arrow movie. though Yes, so like a better edition loaded with special features. I've never seen this one. Uh, part of his like mid '90s period, which I don't think a lot of people remember. I feel like between The Player and Gosford Park, mm-hmm. there were a lot of films he made that people don't <laughs> Robert remember. Like, fondly. I'm back. Yeah. Oh, please watch <laughs> my know, movies. Like Pret a Porte, mm. you know, stuff like that. But I, I hear people like this one. Yeah. Uh, it came out in a period where a lot of the special features on this disc are ports from the DVD. Yeah. So there's like a Robert Altman commentary track. And yeah, this is like his noir homage, his uh, second one, I guess, after um, The Long Goodbye. Yeah. But yeah. Which is a great film. I think <laughs> I've seen Kansas City, but I okay. don't remember no. anything about it. Yeah, because I was like, I went through a Robert Altman phase. And this is the ones that I checked out. Okay. Yeah, I did too, actually. But I never got to this one for some reason. I think I just got burned out. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Altman's never made a bad film, well, yeah, Mark. No, I like him a lot. I like his stuff. I like his ambition. Uh, this one's got a really some really nice artwork on it. Like Arrow's put, <laughs> That's how you're going to sell Arrow's, it? You're like, honestly, look at that artwork. Art, artwork is everything. I, I'm taken in by a good cover. So, so we also have the Captain Paradise and Barnacle Bill double feature finally together. <laughs> it's like they put out all those Alec Guinness releases. So this is from Kino. They put out all those Alec Guinness releases back in September, I believe. And it's like they just had these ones, and I guess they kind of just were like, oh, I guess we forgot to put these out. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Just put them together. Put them together. So, <laughs> so all you Alec know. Guinness fans, it's time to line yeah, up and buy more, copies. You know, this one's not selling as well as those first three that we got. <laughs> oh, I thought you only had one left because <laughs> no. you're like, they're flying uh, off the shelves. Unfortunately not. Um, but, you know, Captain's Paradise was always a popular rental. I don't know anything about Barnacle Bill, though. How do you remember, like, what's popular and what's not popular? Oh, uh, I've been here for so long, man. You know, you just <laughs> rent the same titles over and over again, and there was an Alec Guinness DVD pack that had this mm-hmm. and like Lavender Hill Mob and all those that just constantly rent. Oh, so. so this is a bit of a cheat. You're like, it was a popular title because it was part of that pack. I think so, but I don't know. That's the thing. But they were all individual. <laughs> You're rentals, like, maybe so they I all don't... wanted the Captain's yeah, Paradise. Maybe. <laughs> but Lavender Hill Mob came along <laughs> with it. I mean, I worked at a video store too. I don't remember what anything rented. No? No. I don't, it just sticks in my because I constantly have to like look at the numbers for these <laughs> to see like how things are renting and like oh, right. movies always, you know, mm-hmm. make a mint for us. But. What is the thing that doesn't rent that you always expect to rent? Where you're like, what? I can't believe that's not renting or selling. Oh, yeah, it's hard to say. It yeah. really varies, honestly, because there are titles every week that, yeah, I don't think are going to do any business and then fly out of here. And mm-hmm. then the I was going to say, there's no like even one like thing. Oscar movies right now, you know, like mm-hmm. something like Ford versus Ferrari, which came out, we thought would be like a huge hit here. Not doing so well. Nobody's huh. really I wonder it. why. And that's the thing, right? Every other Oscar movie yeah. is doing fine. Parasite, which yeah. the week <laughs> which I said it was going to be released on Criterion, a few days later, they it announced it was going to release on I Criterion. Know. So now everybody's going to return their copies of Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> now it keeps selling, though. We still like we mm-hmm. can't keep that thing on the shelf. I mean, they're going to come back and buy it probably when they Criterion will. puts it out. They so will. if Arrow did, maybe not. Yeah, right. We also have Kineta being put out by Kino. This is a Yorgos uh, Lansimos film. Yeah, this is one of his early films. Uh, I think. Think, I don't know if it's his first film. I think mm-hmm. he made one before, but he did a couple films in Greece before everybody, you know, saw Dogtooth and mm. it was a big deal. Um, this one's never been available before, but I've always been intrigued. It's definitely more along the lines of those early 
experimental, absurdist kind of films that he made. So. As opposed to the more modern yeah. absurdist ones <laughs> true, that, he make, that are but not you know, experimental. The favorite's a little more accessible to Oh, right, that's right. You're an anti-favorite yeah, fan because you're favorite. like, uh, it's too popular. <laughs> I was there before he was I just cool. didn't find that movie funny at <laughs> Nah, I didn't find it funny. Like, I, I, I was not a big like fan. was really bad. But, uh, you know, Killing of a Sacred Deer, I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this one, I think, is more, you know, he made... More along the lines of an Alps or something, mm. or you know, he um, he has a co-writer, Athena Rachel Sandberg. I can't remember her name, but she made a film herself called Attenberg a few years after Dog Dogtooth, which is kind of like a Yorgos mm. Lanthimos film. It was just her own one that she wrote and directed. I think he produced, and it was really absurdist, but more of an experimental way, where it's just characters kind of in that. It was like a Rivet Godardian absurdist mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think this is more, more like the that. Lines yeah, of that intrigued though. Kino putting it out. Who put out the other releases that were super expensive? Kino. Oh so really? Kino's got, but yeah, this one's cheaper though. So okay. <laughs> I think with Dogtooth and yeah, they put out Alps again mm-hmm. on Blu-ray. I think they were banking on you know people know these films, so they'll be paying more for it. And they're like anniversary edition. Yeah. This one, people, they're like, ah, yeah, nobody knows. People Kino don't know this one. So. <laughs> Let's just try to slip it yeah, under the wire. Yeah. So Kino's got all the rights to his early stuff. So maybe they'll put out even his one he did before. Mm. We also have uh, Kino putting out Sweeney and Sweeney 2. These are two UK yeah. gang films or cop films, right? Yeah. So it's based on a really popular British TV show mm-hmm. that was uh, on at the time, which was always really popular for us, but is like long out of print now. Apparently they made two movies. Yep. We're big hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the, they're finally together the first again. Because the show is called The Sweeney. Mm-hmm. And the first movie is just called Sweeney. Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, that means that right, you got to cool. get into it. Yeah, right? Uh, Sounds like fun. stuff, yeah. If you like that. Uh, <laughs> you like British TV stuff? Crime, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Probably it's a little gritty and fun. And the cover makes it look like this, these are the most action-packed movies <laughs> you've ever seen, honestly. Yeah, but Sweeney, too. They lose the exclamation <laughs> yeah, they lose point. It. It's like Sweeney, It's too. a more melancholy yeah. vibe. <laughs> it's like Sting, too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have A Prey for the Wildcats and Superdome, which I believe these are two TV movies, yeah, right? So I actually watched Superdome <laughs> this weekend, and this was purely based on the title and the cover art alone. Yeah, and was it worth it? Uh, no, not really. Uh, Isn't it the same plot as uh, Black Sunday? Well, that's, that's why I watched it, because the cover, it seems like a lot like Black Sunday or yeah. Two Minute Warning, where it's like something, some sort of terrorist plot going down at the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl or a big game. So this is all takes place leading up to the Super Bowl. So there's actually no. It ends like before the game even starts. So you can so. watch Superdome <laughs> and then you watch Black and Sunday. Watch, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not so much about there is a plot going on, some mm-hmm. conspiracy, but it's more about like the soap opera lives of the players and everything and what they're all involved in. Mm. One guy's got marital problems. You got the GM who's dealing with the team being sold. <laughs> but then you have one player. And then player. the dolphin has been stolen, yeah, exactly. which is a super time exactly. show. <laughs> Basically. So that's what this movie is. It's just like all this soap opera drama. And oh. then there is somebody eventually going around killing people. It's hilarious, though, because they have this dude, this creepy guy, stalking around for mm-hmm. the first, like, half hour, and you're like, okay, I guess this is the When he's gonna the get killer, to the firework right? factory. I thought it was gonna be like, uh, well, who done it? But they show his face, yeah. like, okay, I guess it's him, and he's, like, spying on people. He's acting creepy, stalking people. And then it gets to the scene where he's, like, 
stalking this lady in a hallway and you're like, oh my God, he's going to kill her. And then all of a sudden, another gun comes out and kills this guy. <laughs> and it turns out that he's not, there's this other killer that's yeah. and you don't see that. So now it is a whodunit, but they only, they take half an hour to even get to that point. But you were like, I'm in like, now. I'm in. No, I was actually intrigued after that point. I'm like, mm, good twist. When are they like going to get to the Super Bowl? <laughs> it's like when I watch Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I'm like, when are they going to get to dinner? <laughs> and they don't get to dinner till the end yeah. credits. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say the ending is satisfying, really, mm. but it's got a really funny final moment. <laughs> oh, I'll does say. it? So, you know, if you like Batman, I think they did this on MST3K. Actually. Oh, I, I think they somewhere. did. That's why I've heard both yeah, of these titles. The acting is really over the top. You know, if, you, if you're if you a bad movie glutton, I would say <laughs> it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. I mean, you're also an Andy Griffiths completist, yeah, right? So you saw Pray it. for the Wildcats? I, I didn't watch this, but this also sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Andy Griffith playing a rare evil role as like an evil tycoon, an advertising tycoon who invites I have, three of his execs out to the desert. For some sort of like most dangerous game, like, <laughs> wow, like, motorcycle survivalist thing. Uh, I, yeah, William Shatner's in it. I have no uh, experience with Andy Griffiths as an actor. Much yeah, before my time. Yes, <laughs> yeah, same here. You it's know. you know most of these things I probably know them from The Simpsons and probably parodies on The Simpsons because I feel like Andy Griffiths has been mentioned quite a number of times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. We also have Secret Friends being released by Indicator. Uh, this sounds like a fancy movie from Dennis <laughs> Potter. The writer did he direct the singing detective i think somebody else did i think somebody else did but mm-hmm. he wrote it yeah and he wrote a lot of big british <laughs> miniseries tv shows everyone remembers the classic robert downey uh yeah, right? film and <laughs> mel, mel gibson, gibson produced the singing detective yeah no, that, that's the remake directed by our friend oh keith gordon yeah right? keith gordon it was uh, yeah i never saw that one though. uh i did not good not roger's good. video used rental dvd I was by. by that okay, okay. and uh, the original miniseries was bob hoskins right yeah uh, that was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. People loved Wait, that. didn't Dennis Potter also do Pennies from Heaven? He did. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> Terrible film with Steve <laughs> yeah. Martin. <laughs> yep. But again, popular miniseries. So yep. just stay in British TV. <laughs> yeah, now you're giving um, him advice. I think I, he probably yeah, passed away on, by come now. Come on, Dennis. Yeah, I know. He doesn't care. Uh, he wrote Gorky Park, though, too. I always hear, which is a big uh, Cold War spy film mm. with uh, William Hurt and Lee Marvin. Do they sing in it? <laughs> Not as far as I know, but <laughs> not maybe, interested. Maybe um, this I mean, looks hilarious. I mean, this is the one film that he directed. Mm-hmm. He only directed one movie, and it's <laughs> it's like a sexual fantasy drama about a guy on a train, played by Alan Bates, who starts to re- reminisce about all these weird sexual experiences he's had. And like what that says about him or something. I've never seen this. But it's then just the like synopsis says, it. and then it gets out of control. Yeah. So I don't know where this goes. So it makes it seem like a thriller, but you look it up on like IMDb mm-hmm. and they just talk about it like it's some drama that doesn't really, you know. Okay. Go well, now you like you, that. You sold I, me because I want to know. I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's, and like Indicator, you know, they put a lot of stuff on this, <laughs> uh, but it's a pretty underseen obscure yeah. film. I like so. the last line of the synopsis. Fantasy should be one of the registered sexual transmitted diseases. <laughs> I know. Which in John's case, it is. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, okay, John. All right, so as far as new films, we have The Murder of Nicole Brown Smith and it's this week's Blind Buy. Blind So, you know. Mark picked this one. <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, when this came through the store, I could it not pick this? Okay, I, I need to psychoanalyze you for between, a moment. It was between this or Playmobil the movie, which we'll get to later. I <laughs> wish I had watched the Playmobil movie only because it's a musical, and supposedly it's I packed know, with yeah. music, and it's, like, really bad. And supposedly it has a hilariously dark beginning where, like, 
two kids' family dies, yeah. like right in the opening. Oh my God. Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, well, you know what? We can come back. We can watch Playboy Bill the movie <laughs> Together. later. We can come back. We can do it as like. <laughs> we a, can't, Mark. Sorry, we missed you, Blind Bunny. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Instead, you picked a movie from a director that you hate. <laughs> like, you really hate him. You know what? I wouldn't actually say I hate this guy. I would say I'm more, like, perversely fascinated by okay. this man. So, this is directed by a man named Daniel Ferrans. <laughs> who horror fans probably know as the writer of Halloween 6, mm-hmm. right? Yep. The Curse of Michael Myers, which had the infamous... Uh, uh, Miramax cut. That yeah, Miramax cut. cut. And then there was the producer's cut. Honestly, I don't really like either cut. I don't no, know. I don't they're not how, very good. I don't know how people... People seem to like this movie now, but... I think I, I, I prefer the theatrical version just I because I like the 90s style and really over-the-top violence that That's they inserted at like, the last moment. Yeah, I don't like that they took out the over-the-top kills in the yeah. producer's Well, they I reshot mean, I those. They yeah, yeah. added those in, but... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a Halloween movie. I you like know, Brandon I prefer Kills. Halloween... Resurrection. Resurrection, yeah. The reality show? Yeah, one. the one by the director of um, Halloween 2. Right. Rick Rosenthal. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't mind Resurrection. Oh, you know, it's Buster so much Rhymes fun. That, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I like that reality show premise. I'm down with that. <laughs> yep. So, uh, I don't like how they killed Jamie Lee Curtis like right at the beginning. Of uh, she dies very funnily. I and know, especially yeah. the way that they reveal that Michael Myers like got away. It's like, he tricked <laughs> her know, and he right? put somebody else. It's like, we just saw H2O though she like I'm surprised she came back to be honest I I think uh, part of the deal was like I need to die and I need to die in a way that I cannot come back which is funny because you can always bring people back you You can can always just write some reason it doesn't matter so So from there he became so he was kind of so he got that job apparently when he was like 24 mm -hmm. apparently he also had some sort of like mentorship from the producer of the Friday the 13th series Sean Cunningham no, it was another guy. It was the guy at Paramount who was kind of oh, overseeing it He's all. the guy who's currently um, suing Friday the 13th. Oh, no way, yeah. Oh, no. Have you heard the story that no. Friday the 13th, there's some copyright issues where, like, someone owns the rights to the first one. So he owns the title oh, and the idea of Jason. But he doesn't own, like, the hockey mask and stuff like that because that was made in later films. Right. But because of that, he, like, shut down, like, the Friday the 13th online game in some form. Oh, no way. And they've lost the rights now. And they can't make remakes until, like, a certain amount of time. You didn't hear the story? that like, Friday the 13th, story. they were going to lose the rights if they didn't make a movie. And they just uh-huh. couldn't make a movie. And it's really? like, what are you guys yeah, doing? There some, like, studio issues. With the yeah. Between, like, Paramount and then, like... But it was, like, yeah, because I think it, like, like, bounced around yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know about this. It's ridiculous that they dispute. couldn't yeah. just make one. Just make one every two years. It's yeah. not that hard. It doesn't matter. I'm down for a new Friday the 13th. Yeah. And there's, like, tons of scripts floating around. Like, David Bruckner wrote one, the guy who did yeah, the ritual course, and it was course. supposed to be like um jason in like kind of like suburbia going mm-hmm. around killing people so it's not hard i don't understand well, why it's so hard I read an interview with mr daniel ferenz who said his dream project is to make a friday the 13th movie mm. so he's got someone here. well he's working <laughs> his way up here <laughs> well yeah so basically um so yeah horror fans would also know him because he did the definitive documentary on friday the 13th crystal lake memories which mm. was like an eight hour yeah. expansive thing he also did the documentary on nightmare on elm street never, never sleep, sleep again. again that's a great documentary yeah yeah he did one more i think he did a halloween behind the scenes thing as well basically he's known for these he was like a behind the scenes footage guy for a while so he's known as this like chronicler of like slasher movie Mm. series but then a producer showed up on his porch and he's like listen i've heard you've made a wish that you'd like to be a movie director yeah Yeah, i'd like to make slasher style films your wish is granted (laughs) three times so over the last year and a half he has cranked out three movies apparently shot these back to back and they're all true crime based and they're all but they're they're not strict like true crime biopic things they take a conspiracy theory kind of 
strange retelling of history angle to these. But so. in a boring way. But in a boring way. So <laughs> yeah. You love like, true crime. You know, you know what Quentin Tarantino did with the end yeah. of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? This is this guy's bag, basically. Daniel Ferrer. Oh, he doesn't do it in this movie. He, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, he kind of does, though. Does he? Well, it's kind of like a conspiracy. So his first two, he did an, an Amityville movie called The Amityville Murders, which was about the DeFeo murders, which they did in Amityville 2, but mm-hmm. he takes a different, more, like, conspiracy <laughs> version of that. And then he did the controversial haunting of Sharon controversial Tate. Controversial too. Know, people, <laughs> yeah, con- controversial, I guess. Where, well, Sharon Tate's sister was really upset about it. The whole made, premise so. is that, like, Sharon Tate dreams of murders, yeah. and then she decides to fight back with her friends. Yeah, well, it's like she has visions of them coming, and then, which apparently she said in an interview a year before that she had this nightmare about, mm. like, this happening. But it's so, like, inconsequential. Yeah. You know, he's taking this one little thing and then being like, what if she knew it was going to happen? But the problem with that is she knows it's going to happen because she keeps having these visions and she never leaves the house. She never does anything <laughs> about it until the killers come and then she, like, fights back. I would say Haunting of Sharon Tate in retrospect. I hated it at the time, but... I've warmed up to certain <laughs> elements of it a little on bit. On your third, fourth, and fifth watch. I, yeah, I mean, and after seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Actually, All right. I, we don't I, want to open that can of worms. We're not going to open that can But I would say, if, if you want to talk about things being problematic, I would say Hottie Sharon Tate is slightly less problematic. <laughs> than the the movie that has Sharon Tate fighting off the Manson murderers. You know what? People want to say that Quentin Tarantino gave Sharon Tate one more day. Once upon <laughs> well, I never said that. No, but you know, it's going around now. I think Greta Gerwig said that okay. when presenting him in the war. Now everybody's like, he can he gives Sharon Tate one more day in this movie. I would argue Daniel Franz does a better job giving her one more day because at least one more day to fight back. Stupid, but at least he gives her more agency mm-hmm. than she's ever given in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, you know, that's a whole different can of words. All right. <laughs> that I know everybody would disagree After with uh, yeah. jumping on the grenade for the haunting of Sharon Tate, uh, yeah. this we is now the hill arrive. I, this is the hill I will die on. <laughs> the murder of Nicole Brown Smith, which okay. are also this is, jumping in front yeah. of the bullets. Now, right? this, no, no. This is like undef- indefensible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so obviously the OJ case is, you know, been done to death at this point. Have you followed this? Like, I did not follow this at all because I have no interest in yeah. true crime. So, like, even her name, okay. I'm like, oh, Anna Nicole Brown? Is this Anna Nicole? Mrs. Murder? No, no, Nicole Brown Simpson. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Once I Anna started Nicole watching, I kept, Simpson, I kept waiting yeah. for like uh, Anna Nicole. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because one of the uh, the actress Agnes Bruckner, who plays Chris Kardashian in this, in a like really badly plays Kim. Kim Chris, oh, Chris that's Kardashian. right. She's she the played one. Anna Nicole Smith in like a previous. Yeah, because she was in Orange Is the New Black, right? Uh, Taryn Manning. Oh, Taryn Manning. I'm confusing plays, the two uh, people. Faye Resnick in mm. this. Like she <laughs> drunkenly plays Faye Resnick in this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I don't yeah. know any of these names. Okay, so. so I followed this a lot because I love true crime stuff and the OJ. I mean, I remember. You love to I mean, suck the life out of it, the people that died, right, yeah, Mark? Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> do it's I remember sick. what? No, I remember it's just sick, like. It's sick. I remember going down wormholes of like crime library and yeah. stuff. And ser- you know, we all. I, didn't you do that? Never. Anymore? No. Yeah. It never interested me. I was obsessed me. with serial killers. It's and true we, crime you know, stuff a lot of people like, are, but yeah. it's, I wonder why that never really like took hold. I always found it gross. Yeah, no, it scared me, though. I would spend like night. Yeah, it was like a horror movie mm-hmm. to me. Um, and this, I mean, don't you remember when it was just on in the media? Like, I was young. I remember not, I'm not even joking, yeah. hearing the announcement of the court case through the, like, school intercom in oh, elementary yeah? school 
but that's it. That's all I remember. Oh, man, I didn't hear anything it. else. Like okay. my parents didn't talk about it. But I also had a young life where I'd be dropped off at the babysitter at 6 a.m. My parents okay. would come pick me up at like 7 p.m., go uh, to bed, wake up, go to school. So I didn't enough. really get involved in this news. And I lived with my mom. She would have never been interested in this stuff. Fair so. enough, fair enough. But your parents are like, OJ's my, coming for you. I don't know if they were obsessed with it, mm-hmm. but just it, like was, anybody. it was on. Yeah. Like I remember it, the court case being on, on mm-hmm. the TV. It was just like... They wanted to know, and I remember when the verdict. I remember like the glove doesn't. And fit were you thing. like, no? I mean, I was young. I was too young at yeah. that time to even like know what was really going on. I just remembered this big case was. Going so, who's on. your favorite serial killer, Mark? <laughs> the one that you've gone down the wormhole the deepest? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't you say know my favorite serial killer. That's I didn't it. say that. I uh, know the one that you've probably like followed the most. I and if any movie comes out, you're like, like reading about Jerry. Jeffrey Dahmer back mm-hmm. in the day for some reason. You know what? The Zodiac Killer. We'll mm, say, Zodiac because killer. there's more about mystery. mystery to that. Yeah. I think when there is. Yeah, I agree. When it's just a guy and he's like a depraved, sick person and mm-hmm. kill people, then that's like, I can see that's gross. But because the Zodiac Killer is like unknowable. Zodiac kill, yeah, because it's yeah. like a mystery, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like even takes it to another level of like. I'm scariness, I guess, because it's like this person is still out there. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean obviously <laughs> the not Zodiac anymore. Killer's coming I mean, for they you. pretty much know who the Zodiac Killer yeah. is at this point. I mean, we all like, know him from the, all... the classic movie. Uh, what was the act for title? It was like the, oh, Zodi- the Zodiac Killer. Killer yeah, yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> was movie, supposedly yeah. made as a movie just to catch oh, the Zodiac Killer, where like the director hid in a box at the theater I to did. jump out if he came. I do have this perverse fascination with serial killer movies that were made like right around the time, mm. like those like. Uh, there was a Jeffrey Dahmer one oh, that Intervision yeah. put in. Wait, was the, the town that dreaded light. sundown made around the murders when um, it happened, yeah, or was that before? What? No, that was around. That was the mid-70s, yeah. and that took a lot from Oof. Zodiac. Um, well, that's a great film. Yeah, yeah I love that's that one. Really great I like film. the remake, too. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was good. You know, it's like kind of a meta movie where, like, yeah, in the universe, like, that movie exists. Yeah, that's why I'm intrigued. Yeah, it. it's fun. It's directed with crazy style by the guy who would go on to make the still unreleased on home video, The Current War, the director's cut. Oh, did he do that? Yeah. yeah and it's coming out, though, later me, this month. Uh, myself, me, myself. The, the, uh, the Dying Girl, yeah. 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 Which uh, I famously said, uh, I famously, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. going all around, <laughs> uh, is that he cut out the whole point of that movie. Oh, yeah. It's in the deleted scenes where the main kid, like, they're doing, like, a memorial for the main woman in the story. Yeah. And he's like, none of us knew her. Like, we didn't know her. Like, all these quirks doesn't yeah. mean anything. Like, we just put ourselves onto her right. and we never okay. took the time yeah. and the director said oh i think the movie like people got that it's like they did I that was the main that. complaint that people had i didn't see that movie but yeah mm-hmm. it seemed like this kind yeah. of like quirky manic picture but like the whole point was like was like an anti-quirk thing at right. the end okay. is that like oh you know she's fun she's quippy she's dying of cancer and you're using her as a cipher to kind of move on in your own life right. as opposed to treating her as a real person and once you cut that scene out you're like it screwed it up yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's yep. supposedly a really nice guy i know okay. people who know him yeah and like uh, Toronto After Dark played Town of the Dreaded Sundown. He was so happy because it was being dumped to video. Yeah. After supposedly, um, he did American Horror Story a lot. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we have Town of the Dreaded Sundown here, so come check it check out. Check it out, yeah. The remake the and remake. the original, which yeah, is really good. Both. Death well, yeah. by... Uh, what, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the famous... What is it? I, why can't I think of the musical instrument? I'm yeah, miming me. it in front of Mark. <laughs> Sax, it's not saxophone? No. <laughs> the clarinet. It's tuba. The, the t- no, uh, that trombone. Trombone. The trombone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people listening to us are like, how can <laughs> yeah, they like, like what you, you know, that, that thing like, you yeah. scoop with? A <laughs> yeah. spoon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A spoon. Yeah, a spoon. <laughs> so the murder of Nicole. Okay, yeah. Let's get back to Brown uh, Simpson. 
Um, yeah, so this movie, so basically the OJ case was huge. They've already done like People versus OJ Simpson. OJ made it. Did America. you watch that? I did. I, I hated that. Oh, really? I thought that was really bad. Oh, but my boys, Larry Karaszewski and. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a really. Gl- I mean, yeah, this is obviously bad, but I thought that was a really glib and just stupid, you know, because I do think that the thing with this case is I feel like a lot of people make jokes about it mm. a lot. Yeah, because, it's a punchline. Especially at the time. If and the now, glove don't fit, you can't you convince. Yeah. But the th- problem I have with that is at the base of this is a really horrifying domestic violence case mm-hmm. and the fact that she was failed by police, by the system altogether. Like, obviously, it's a bigger issue. I think OJ Made in America, that documentary, really goes into how who OJ was and how, like, he was mm-hmm. made to be this person that maybe he wasn't and... But I think even in that documentary, they don't go into Nicole Brown as much as they could. And the fact that how much she was failed and she is a real person, too. And she was beat within an inch of her life by him constantly for years before. And nobody did anything about it. And then everybody's like trying to acquit him. Everybody's surprised, you know. And that's why, you know, when people make jokes about it and that's why I didn't like the people for OJ Simpson, because I thought it was really hammy. I thought it really leaned on like the campiness mm-hmm. of like Cuba Gooding Jr. and John Travolta I'm uh, like, I get it. But Golden Globe or Emmy winning John I know, Travolta. I know. And, you know, I, I love me some John Travolta, but I just, I couldn't do it. I watched the first three or four episodes and I just didn't go past it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really like Ryan Murphy's stuff either. I just, <laughs> You're like, not a listen, Ryan Murphy fan. David Fincher, he's the only one who can tell these yeah, true exactly. crime stories. Nah, Mindhunter, well, season got, one and two. No, I didn't even get into Mindhunter. Like, you didn't even get into Mindhunter. okay. Yeah, uh, look yeah, at this, like, line that you're it's, somehow... You know how I feel about TV. You know? <laughs> That's just a TV thing. <laughs> so, but you did watch The Murder well, of did. Nicole well, Brown Simpson. Yeah. We and both did. We both did, because I forced you. I strapped you down in <laughs> chair. Yeah. And, um, and this is just ridiculous. So, basically, the theory that he goes with, there's a little-known theory that, you know, in the mid-2000s, a guy, a serial killer named Glenn Rogers, who's known as, like, the cross-country killer. Oh, I thought it was the Casanova killer. Or the Casanova killer, mm-hmm. but also, no, I don't know why he was known as the Casanova killer. Uh, because he's so handsome, and <laughs> yeah, that he would seduce the women, yeah, yeah. that he would That's murder. That's why they got Nick, Nick Stahl to who, play him. Uh, it does not look good, but... Not look good at you all. You know, I'm glad he's acting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad he had a part. I don't uh, think I would have recognized him. into this role, for sure. Yeah, I don't think I would have recognized him if I hadn't read on the box it was Nick Stahl. Yo, he looks so old. He looks like, like a Geico too. caveman. Oh my god, yeah, the wrinkle. He's lived a hard life. He has, he's like yeah. 38 or something. No yeah. way. I don't even think he's 40 yet, but Oof. he is like, well, they found him. There's like a great they moment. Like, yeah, Wikipedia, like years ago, um, his he disappeared and his wife right. put out a missing I remember that for him. And they found him days later in a hotel room, I think. And then he like took him to rehab. Mm-hmm. So I think he was smoking the crystal meth or mm. something. Um, you know, similar career trajectory to like an Edward Furlong or somebody like that, where they just kind of. Yeah. Do you like these movies though? Because it's yeah. like almost like a, a, you know, a repository of all these washed up stars. Yeah. That- you know what? I like, I, I like that. You know, you got Mina Suvari in mm-hmm. here playing Nicole Brown, who, like, I feel for her. I mean, she, like, really wants to make this movie. Was she ever, like, someone that was a deemed difficult uh, around American I Pie? I think so. I think she just had that, like, one year where she was, like, an American Pie, American Beauty. Mm. And then that, that was, was kind it. of it. You Only know? American never, name thing. Yeah, and then she was kind of done. Um, but, yeah, you've got Agnes Bruckner, Taryn Manning, who mm-hmm. I like a lot. And basically... Yeah, I don't know. It's fun seeing all these actors kind of just like, oh, I remember this person and that person. I mean, yeah, this movie, though, is... Why does it look wh- so bad? Like, just from a visual standpoint, <laughs> we well, shot a like, short in Bay Street video that looks better than, I, like, the well, video quality. it looks like a Lifetime movie, right? Yeah. The Haunting of Sharon Tate looked bad, too. Why do, they, like, what cameras are they using? I, I have so many questions. Use, right? yeah. yeah, it's... 
I think they just try and... Sh- I mean, clearly he made these three movies like back to back to back. Mm-hmm. I think they're just shooting as quick as possible. Yeah. I mean, he even said in an interview that like he never directed before. So even on his first day back on like Amityville Murders, he was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, cameraman, ah, I'm just like losing. My-. So I think he's just flying by the seat of his pants a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just barely competent. The whole movie is Nicole Brown Simpson walking around being kind of like stalked by yeah. Nick Stahl. And she's like, oh, where is he? And then, you know, she runs off somewhere else. Well, then she's stalked by like two different people. So basically he said like, so this Glenn Rogers guy that Nick Stahl said, said he, that Nick Stahl plays said that he, yeah, <laughs> Nick, Nick Stahl, Stahl said, said he was the murderer. Was part, yeah. But he said he uh, committed these murders mm-hmm. when he was in prison. He got caught for these other murders. And he said, I was the one because he was hired to like paint her house or something weeks before. So there was a bit of crossover. Like hmm, he was Interesting. There. But I don't know. You got me on your and then side. O.J. Simpson did an interview when he did that stupid if I did it yeah. like hypothetical situation where he kept talking about this guy named Charlie that he met and he may have committed the murder with. So this guy, Daniel France, has conflated that these two things and been like, what if this Ch- Charlie guy was actually this Glenn Rogers guy and he helped O.J. kill her and whatever. Well, how do you explain he was involved in this murder. that his name is Charlie so, and it's like, uh, he talks to a ghost named yeah, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> they meet for like once and you're like, how do they know each and other? And you hear like, uh, 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 the actor playing O.J. off screen oh go, Charlie? God, yeah. <laughs> so and the good. actor playing O.J. is in like, what, two, three scenes? Yeah, pops, yeah. just Because he's stalking her too. So basically, you've got like an anonymous stalker who you don't know who it is and then O.J. is actually stalking her. And then Nick Stahl, you know, paints her house. But then, in a ridiculous turn of events, she is, like, suddenly attracted to this guy, <laughs> invites him in, sleeps with this guy. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I thought it was, like, a dream sequence. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's no, going on? on? has a gross sex scene with mm-hmm. Nick Stahl. It goes on for, like, way too long. <laughs> and then, wakes up in the middle of the night. He's ranting and raving downstairs, butt naked, talking about Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Charlie. This is, this is how they get bring it in. And then she's like, holy shit, get out of my house. So he leaves, freaks out, and then, you know, she's scared of him. Now she's potentially being stalked by two people. The problem with this movie is, though, they, like, he claims to want to, like, give Nicole Brown Simpson, like... Agency. Agency and, like, treat her with respect. But this movie victim blames her, like, all over the place. Her psychiatrist is like, uh, maybe if you just manned up and, like, fought back and really committed, you'd get out of this. But it's weird, too, because there's, there's like, a vague stab at feminism at certain points. Mm -hmm. Like, when, you know, after Nick Stahl turns out to be crazy and leaves, she calls the cops. And the cops come over and are like... Well, what are you wearing? Oh, you slept with him. Like they're doing the yeah, but maybe they're the bad guys. But that I know, right? But then they're like, so they're kind of like taking her side. Like, look how the system failed her. But then they, at the same time, make her make the most ridiculous decisions. Mm-hmm. They don't like. They just basically say that it was almost her fault that she like invited this other guy. Yeah, she hadn't slept life. with him. She, she wouldn't have come and killed him. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. And. That doesn't, you know, No, that's not well, good. You know? And this is like, Haunting of Sharon Tate is also padded out with lame nightmares. That yeah, don't mean yeah. So this one, like, did they just have the room from A Nightmare on Elm Street, like, in a studio set somewhere? What? That spinning room? Because oh that whole God. scene plays I, out. And I'm like, ooh, is there an entity crossover well, going on big, as well? When that happened, I was like, oh, wow, he's going into the supernatural realm yeah. again for this? But no, the, it's just a dream no, sequence to pad that shit out. That he totally rips off 100% from that iconic scene. Which is lamer. It's nothing just, happens. It's the same scene. Like, wow, you just like that Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Okay. He did not build that set. It was probably somewhere. No. Maybe there was like a Nightmare on Elm Street like display. Yeah. It's like, look at the spinning room. <laughs> and there's some really bad like jokes in this too. Like, even his... 
there's like a throwaway line to Bruce Jenner at one point because she's talking with Chris Kardashian and like she, oh, so many said, bad wigs in this movie. She says, "Oh, he's out doing some like fundraiser at this like tonight or whatever." Mm -hmm. And that's like boring or something and she goes, "Oh, what a drag." And they like hold on that line. It's like God. first of all, not funny. Like yeah. lame joke. Second of all, you're equating drag with mm -hmm. transgender being transgender now like you just don't get it, man. You so, Mark, you it. could criticize. What would you have done if you had adapted oh, this movie? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I don't think I would ever take on this subject matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I would never make a movie that espouses that this conspiracy theory is potentially real, but then also kind of steps back from it at the end because it kind of, at the end, it like... I won't spoil how about it, you make up like, your own how about mind? you decide? Yeah. It's like, no, you're just an idiot. Um, <laughs> but, so yeah, I don't think I would have done this mm -hmm. at all. I'm fascinated by movies like this because I just don't understand. Because there's clearly a vision mm -hmm. behind something like this. I just don't know what that is, or like. I just wish it was like more offensively crazy or yeah, something. It could go farther. Yeah. Although it does go like. I'm not going to say I wasn't entertained by it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What, like, what did you think? Were you entertained by it despite not really. its offensiveness? There's a lot of, like, boring stalking sequences throughout. That's true. That's and true. There, I mean, there's a lot of, like, huh, what? Like, when she sleeps with Nick Stahl, just looking at Nick Stahl oh, the God. entire he time. Looks so rough. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, OJ sits in there, like, at their kid's play yeah, of Little Red yeah, White. Yeah. And he's I, just like. Little Red Riding Hood, you get it? Nick Stahl's I the know, wolf. Right? Yeah, the, uh, the metaphors are very obvious. In <laughs> and that, like, OJ Simpson is just, like, staring at her the entire time. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, the guy who played OJ is like, what a thankless role. Like, <laughs> I thought he was funny. Um, I mean, the film has the gall to like include like real footage from oh like television. That's, That's the like worst. The, yeah, like they show the actual mm -hmm. crime scene footage at the end too. And they even play one of her actual domestic violence 911 calls <sighs> over the end credits, which like makes it even more confusing. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, well, what are you actually going for? You just spent an hour and a half telling us, well, maybe it was the serial killer that killed her, but then actually showing us the real life domestic violence that she was going through again. So it's like, what are you, what are you trying to do? This like, mm -hmm. you're trying to examine the fact that she was failed by police and because of the domestic violence angle, or are you trying to like do this conspiracy theory angle? He wants to do both. Yeah, he but wants he doesn't have do his cake and either of them. But he doesn't really do either of them. Yeah. So. But I don't know. I was kind of. So mean, you would guy, recommend it. <laughs> well, the guy just wants to make slasher movies, right? Yeah, he does. Like, even the opening scene of this is just some lady running through Beverly Hills or whatever on a jog in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then this guy stalking well, her. Well, I just get And then running after her and she trips and falls. It's, it's like a scene of a Friday Just kill a whole bunch movie. of other people <laughs> yeah. and just be like, oh, this happened around town and we didn't know yeah. it. Like, and they keep introducing these characters. And I'm like, oh, they, these people will be murdered, right? Yeah. And they're like, nope. No. Nah, really. They're just here because they're so. real life celebrities being played by other people. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's really bad at it yeah Ter but i thought it was funny because it's just so i i thought the performances were really funny yeah i thought tara manning was hilarious as faye resnick who was like a real life friend mm -hmm. of nicole brown simpson who wrote like a big expose about like this is what was actually happening <laughs> she wrote one of those exposés yeah. at the time but she was also apparently like really like on drugs a mm -hmm. lot at that time she got a bad reputation because of that and Tara Manning plays her with a horrible wig. Everybody like, has horrible everybody has wigs. Horrible wig. She's like soused the whole time. <laughs> yeah. She's got I don't like, like a it bob. when you're like this. She's like, shut she's up. like her wig's about to fall off all the <laughs> yeah. time. So you know what? From a pure camp aspect, I like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
I, I'm not going to not recommend If you like bad... <laughs> You're crazy. If you like bad movies, I'm going to say... It's worth at least a blind watch, if not a blind watch. I think I gave it. But prepare, like, half a star on Letterboxd. Maybe one, yeah. You know what? It's better than Mob Town. You know what? It's better than Mob Town. I will say (laughs) that. That is the better than Mob Town. Because Mob Town, you know, I like my bad movies if they're not boring. It's just like, don't bore me. So, like, it didn't bore me necessarily. (laughs) Necessarily. (laughs) I'm still thinking about it. We're still having this conversation Mm -hmm. about it. This is way longer than we talked about Mob Town. (laughs) Yeah, but there's nothing to talk about Mob Town. I mean, everything will always be better than Mob Town. I, I think those, that's one of the like assurances we'll have in life. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I don't know. I would say, sure, blind by, <laughs> but, but know that it's offensive too. I don't, I don't stand behind like yeah. the offensiveness, and I do think Nicole Brown Simpson deserves a lot more respect than this. But I also feel like if you're going to do a movie called The Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson. You know what you're kind yeah. of watching. In like, your opinion. Does, you does anybody do think this is serious or not? No. Like, come on. Uh, I was just hoping for more. I, know, I was hoping okay. that she'd like fight back or something like that. I like, know. Kill like, OJ. Yeah. Right? Um, so you would not recommend No, I would not recommend this. this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I apologize for not picking Playmobil. Y- you don't need to apologize. <laughs> I told Mark that there's a rule that I'm never actually really angry about whatever movie that he picks. Yes. In the way that everybody has friends. They're like, oh, I'll watch anything. And then you put it on. Then they'll bring it up like a week later. Like, can't believe you made me watch that. <laughs> No, no, I would never do that. I'm always down to watch whatever. (laughs) All right, so the next movie we have is Dark Waters, uh, the Mark Ruffalo film directed by Todd Haynes, who he needs a hit, man. He He needs needs a hit. hit. (laughs) This is a corporate malfeasance drama. Um, I did see this, actually. (laughs) Every time Um, I would see the trailer, I was like, man, Todd Salons is doing weird (laughs) movies. Todd (laughs) Salons. Imagine. Oh, man. I wish Todd Salons had directed this, honestly. Did you see it? I did see this because yeah. um, I had to review it when it came out. And you know what? I like Todd Haynes. I, I'm a big fan of him. Um, yeah, not the kind of movie he usually makes. Yeah. Um, but you know what? He brings his own style to it. He it actually needs looks a nice. Hit, Mark. He does need it. But it wasn't even that big yeah. of a hit, though. It, when it wasn't. What was it, the one that he made before this? It was like Wonder something? Wonderstruck. I yeah. didn't see that one. It's actually. fine. I missed, that was the one of his. Uh, mm-hmm. missed, yeah. But even like Carol. Carol, I didn't like as much yeah. as everybody else did. I kind of thought he was redoing Far From Heaven mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, with this one. You know, I like a good corporate takedown movie, although the problem I have with it is, like, this is a big Hollywood studio movie made by, like, Universal, and, like, you have all these credits coming up with all these corporations involved. It's like, how can I take this anti-corporateness <laughs> yeah. that seriously mm-hmm. when it's coming from such a corporate place? Listen, we want you to right? be anti-corporate. You know, like, it's the bad corporations, yeah. <laughs> not like Universal, not like a good corporation. I think what they're, yeah, right? I think what they're doing, they're shining light on the DuPont chemical mm-hmm. company. This was like a real story. They were pumping chemicals into the water. It was killing people. And then when they found out, you know, this stuff's in Teflon and yeah. millions of people around the world use Teflon. And Mark Ruffalo is a real-life lawyer who's still fighting to this day. And it's inspiring. I'm not going to say it's not inspiring. But yeah, I mean, I mean, they don't win at the end. Not really. Exactly. Um, And I will say that like Anne Hathaway is saddled with the with the wife role so badly in this. Like she gets nothing to do but to be the wife and either complain that he's working too much or be like freaked out by what he's telling her. She literally you got to back off. Nothing else in this movie. Yeah. And I like that's that was annoying. It's Mm -hmm. like. I mean, I don't know what their marriage life, their actual life is like, but come on, give her a little bit more like (laughs) to do right. And there's a scene in it where he gets like he gets hospitalized because he's stressed out. He has like a panic attack and like the boss is there and Anne Hathaway is really like stressed out. And she she goes up to the boss being like, 
And he's trying to like conf- comfort mm. her and everything. And she's like, just give it to me straight. Don't talk to me like I'm just the wife. And I'm thinking like, well, but the movie's like, treating you just the wife. all you've been portrayed. <laughs> Listen, if they like, uh, point out the uh, failings of the movie, <laughs> does it count as a failing? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> but I don't know. It's. It's okay. Like, yeah. It's worth a watch if you just want like a double a, billet a with spotlight. For yeah. your- <laughs> you know, spotlight's a lot better. And Mark Ruffalo is clearly doing the same thing he did with yeah. Spotlight. You know that like I hope there's like a yearly Mark Ruffalo kind of. social crusade film. I mean, he's perfect for these kind of roles. He's got that like quiet, <laughs> that hang dog toss, right? kind of yeah, like everyday yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Kind of no, I like him. We also have Queen and Slim being released by Universal. A Retake of Bonnie and Clyde, kind of, directed by Melina Matsukis, but starring Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith. Did you see this one? Nope. Yeah, I didn't see it. I really was really was interested when it came out, um, and then I just missed it. Uh, seemed like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The trailer seemed yeah. like a lot of fun. They seemed to uh, like build it up, and then it came out, and then it and went it, away. I know. It was like kind of like, you know, Dark Watt. Both of these movies actually just seemed to be kind of primed for like big year yeah. ends, kind of award consideration, and neither of them really. They had to year. make way for, what were the other things that were nominated this year? Sure. I don't even remember. 1917. 1917, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> war movies, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I hear it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of awards consideration, Francois Ozon, he's everyone's back. favorite French filmmaker. He's back, oh baby! God, yeah. With By the Grace of God. 2018. That took yeah, a little while to come out. It did, yeah. It seems like real dark subject matter and, you know, abusive priest mm-hmm. situation and, like, the three men who, I guess, were abused by him as boys yeah. and one um, what do you feel about Francois? I have no opinion of him. Yeah, what do you make? Swimming pool. Yeah. I think he did Eight Women as well, yeah. the musical. And yeah. I've seen Eight Women. I don't remember much about yeah. it. Eight Women. I mean, I'm not a musical guy. Yeah, so, you hate yeah. music. I like Swimming Pool though. Yeah. Um, and I've liked some of it. I thought Young and Beautiful filmed me a couple years ago. Does he have like really mega good. fans in the way that like yeah, Little Cat so. says? I mean, he makes a movie a year. Oh, almost. he does. Like, he wow. Cranks them out. We're always getting new Francois on films here. Um, he seems to have a really huge following in France. I mean, mm. they always seem to play Cannes or something. Yeah. I, uh, but maybe he's like the I elder statesman at this enough. point. Yeah. That they just like play whatever film he has. Yeah, right. I think his early stuff in the 90s yeah. was like really confrontational. He's like an like, Adam McGoyan, which is yeah. like there's a new Adam McGoyan you know, movie. He does kind of seem like an Adam McGoyan <laughs> to me of France. The Adam McGoyan of France. Okay, <laughs> I have to say like Adam McGoyan. Has anyone like enjoyed one of his new films? This guy. Have you? Which one? <laughs> All of them. No. He is so funny to me. Oh, okay. You've enjoyed it, okay. ironically. Maybe, yeah. I, so remem- like the one remember where like, I thought was very entertaining. Oh, remember? Is very funny. Where very Christopher fun. The Christ- twist ending is yeah, like, whoa, where what a doozy. <laughs> I remember! I remember! <laughs> I think that's the last line of the movie, isn't it? The, Yeah, it's just like, it's like the cover of it personified, because the cover of the movie is just remember with like Christopher Plummer's confused mm. looking face it's no that's like what it, co- <laughs> it looks like a comedy yeah. <laughs> I highly enjoyed that I really enjoyed like that didn't movie. he do oh the devil's not where it's that like that one was boring yeah, yeah that one what What do you but think was like captive and that was really entertaining is that the one with Chris Evans way. that was the one with Ryan Reynolds okay and a whole cast and it was like uh, like a a whole cast. Killer. I hope there's a, a cast. cast of like yeah there was a whole cast in it no, there were like <laughs> a bunch of famous faces in it but like it's like a weird serial killer drama thriller thing that's just like it's like the trashiest thriller ever but mm. he's trying to he always tries to direct with this like 
layer of like Arty pretentiousness pretension, yeah. that I find really amusing. Like, so. is no one like meeting Egoyan in hallways and being like, oh man, your last movie, what was going on with that? No, like they just give him more money. He was going every two years. He, he a makes movie. a movie. He had a new movie this yeah, year. Yeah, people are like, it's like every Egoyan yeah, film is not very good. Yeah. Like, what was the like breaking point? Was it like the Sweet Hair After? Where it's like, I gotta well, make that's classy when he got that kind Oscar of, nomination, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, after that, Ararat was a big deal, I think, in right, Canada. Right, that's right. I that one. Um... The last one I saw of his that I thought was like actually good was maybe Adoration. I thought that was that was okay. Oh, was that, that was the like, one he got his film students to make for him? Or was it? Yeah, <laughs> is that the mini DV one or maybe parts of it are mini DV? Yeah, Scott I, Speedman's in it, and some I, other, I, I mean he's in like a bunch of movies, as, especially if it's Canadian. Yeah, he's an Adamy Goyan music. <laughs> but like I love uh, Exotica, mm-hmm. and I like all of his like early his speaking early parts. Stuff. The adjusters, uh, yeah, really that's really great. Um, and just at some point, it was just like he's like eh. Yeah, and now, and now it seems like he just wants to make... The thing with him is I think he just wants to make, like, trashy B-movie thrillers now. I guess. And I, would I just like, wish they were trashier. I he, yeah, I, I think he should go with that, though. Mm-hmm. Go right into that, make them trashier. Yeah. Stop trying to make them, like, TIFF gala premieres yeah. and everything. Like, just make these trashy movies that you want to make, man. I like, mean, people in the industry must be like, I guess we're going to go see the new Adam McGowan <laughs> film this <laughs> year, too. Tiff, yeah, yeah, it's like a big gala, and everyone's like, I mean, all right, all the industry folks going to try. If I had to recommend movies. one, Remember would be the one. Remember's that would, very entertaining. Just, yeah. just because, like... <laughs> Christopher Plummer is committed in a yeah. Canadian Screen Award nominated, oh, yeah. oh, maybe winning performance. I think he won. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And you know what? I I don't even mind Christopher Plummer in it. I, oh, I, think I mean, his he's just is like good. It's he's just going movie, to Hamtown. Yeah, the movie like doesn't support his it's performance. So cheap yeah. and like is, yeah. the twist is. So obvious, but so funny that they actually do it. <laughs> I know. And the way it plays out in that final scene is so funny. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and I love how it all takes place in the U.S., but it's like all. It's like, like the most Canadian like movie. across <laughs> yeah. like the prairies for most of it. So basically what I'm saying is Adam McGoyne, come back to us. Yeah. Just, I, like, I like this discussion we're having. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Commit to like just trashy. Don't try to win awards. Yeah, like go people will it, see man. your movie contractually You'll keep getting money You'll yeah. keep getting money it doesn't matter what up. you make it doesn't matter man just do it alright so uh, I mean that was not an Adam McGoy no, film but you know an important conversation about Adam <laughs> yeah McGoy. come re- remember we have a director section for him all of his stuff here and there's a commentary track on remember oh, it's very good oh. yeah he um, sees no irony in the film <laughs> well that's the thing I haven't listened to his commentary tracks but I'll often watch like they'll have like behind the scenes mm-hmm. featurettes or just and they had one on Remember. They had one on The Captive. Very and all, and serious. All, he always does them. And he is so serious about these movies. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I really wanted to explore this and this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And as far as new stuff go, we also have The Furies, which is being released by Shudder. This was a Shudder original. Yeah. I watched it I yeah. on Shudder. Yeah, I don't uh, like it very much. Yeah. On the yeah. front cover, it says, the quote is, Halloween meets The Hunger Games. And I saw that and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want yeah, to see Yeah, it's kind of like a bunch of people wake up in like a forest and they don't know what's going on. They're be hunting and they're being hunted by serial killers. Right. They each all have like a different look. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. And it's like revealed that like one of the people, she keeps like having these weird visions where she's seeing through the eyes of the killers. Oh. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. But they don't do anything with it. And then there's also a reveal that each killer and victim are paired up. So if the victim dies, the killer dies, like his head explodes. Uh, okay. And if the killer dies, the victim also dies. Right. But again, not enough really done with it. And it does the one thing that I hate about any horror movie, super mean-spirited. Like, yeah. you just watch people die forever. And it's like, I don't like that. And it has yeah. an ending that's, like, not satisfying and is setting up a sequel. Where it's like, no, just end your movie properly. Yeah. Just kind of, like, peters out by the end. Yeah, I hear that. I feel like, as a horror man, fan myself, I 
find the mean-spirited stuff just isn't mm-hmm. like a sense of levity these yeah. days you know a little bit but i mean the masks looked cool yeah i mean the, the killers kind of all look like leather faces oh, okay. yeah <laughs> sure. and it's a fun premise yeah, that i yeah. just wish pushed it a little bit further right i mean this is the kind of movie that like when you see the shot of original i kind of get an idea of what it is <laughs> because it's not an arty film right yeah. like sometimes they release like they did tigers are not afraid they picked which that is up coming which out is soon, great actually. and they do like smaller artier horror films that like can't get distribution but when it's like a crowd pleasing style one and it also didn't get distribution you're like mm, all right what are the handicaps that it's <laughs> yeah. gonna have <laughs> okay. that kept it from doing that and some people like it okay. but again it's too mean-spirited right? yeah it is yeah, okay uh we also have mangle this Quesipen. yeah i think that's it um this was, looks really great this is a canadian film french canadian film from the last year i think it premiered at tiff mm-hmm. uh last year and then just recently played at the tiff next wave festival which is like a festival for younger teens and everything um, <laughs> we're not invited we're not we're invited. Old. Yeah, no, like, too old yeah but this movie's supposed to be great uh it's about a it, it takes place in an innu community mm-hmm. um in quebec and about two girls who are just lifelong friends and everything and then one of the girls falls in love with a white boy and then was it directed like, by a white woman I'm not sure. Uh, okay. The director's name is Miriam Barreau. Yeah. I do not know her. I should have looked did, this up. I know. I look. I did look her up. Okay. Um, she doesn't, like... At least <laughs> You're, like, IMDb. looking for photos. No, I mean, there's no IMDb. I mean, again, I There's no know. IMDb. Woo, a mysterious no, no, director. No, there's no IMDb photos. Yeah. She did uh, do a few documentaries before, mm. including one that came out uh, about kids in, like... Uh, just, like, public school kids in, yeah. like, in elementary school, just following them around, which looks really good. I don't know if she's Inu herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she might be. I mean, the actresses are obviously, it seems like it's definitely taken from yeah. their point of view. Um, it's not it like really a good. white person coming to the community and so. teaching them yeah. lessons or learning I've lessons. I've really good things about oh, it. It's getting, I want to check it out. It's getting outstanding reviews. Um, so I definitely want to check it out. The actresses are supposed to be great. Um, do you guys so ever do know. like a top 10 of the year Canadian section? Oh, we don't. You should. Yeah, we should do our own Canada's top 10. Yeah, every which year. Is the thing that TIFF does here. Mm, that's year. right, TIFF does. And I did once when I worked at the Canadian Screen Awards. Oh, okay. And it was crazy. All the Canadian films that I would have never heard of if I hadn't just been working there and I could like watch screener links because everything was being sent in. Well, you know, but it's nice that a film like this is even coming out mm-hmm. on DVD because we find a lot of newer Canadian films, even if they're acclaimed like this, aren't making their way to DVD all the time. So, did you see Dim the Fluorescence? I didn't yet. I that one's to, really I fun. To, because the uh, the uh, director of it, yeah, he writer, came in, didn't are, he? They're both customers here. Oh, or they were. I haven't seen them in a while, but they were both like really good customers <laughs> mm-hmm. of ours. And then when we got it in, they were promoting. They didn't even know that it was coming out on DVD. Know, they were well, like, "Huh, what?" Because that's Level Film. Yeah, uh, they're a Canadian company that are frankly not very good about doing physical. They used mm-hmm. to do physical releases of their movies for yeah. a while, and then they stopped it. I think Dim the Fluorescence was one of the last ones they did, and then that's it. And it was just like an MOD yeah. bare bones release. Would you? have it if it was we an did. MOD? Okay. Yeah, we have it. Absolutely. Because it was like a big deal in the city at that yeah. time. But Not big enough for they, Mark to watch well, it. Well, they've released some films since then <laughs> and people have asked about them and I've, no I've messaged really? them yeah. directly being like, hey, we got a lot of interest in these. Uh, you putting out physical mm-hmm. releases? I know you used to and they just respond to me. Nope, sorry, we're not looking at doing any physical releases at this time, but we'll let you know if that changes. And I'm like, I would have thought right. that the DVD market for new releases... Just a library itself in Canada would be enough to like sustain it. 
You'd think so. I Once don't know, you get into that just... system, I don't know how to. I don't If you're yeah. a library in Toronto, co contact yeah, me in Ontario. Right? <laughs> how do I get these things out? Yeah. I'll make DVDs. I don't care. I know. <laughs> uh, we also have from Wellgo, ah, the weekly Wellgo. I know, the weekly Wellgo. Neza. Right? Two this week, actually. I actually saw this in uh, movie theaters because it was good? a huge hit in China. Yeah. It's solid. Okay. It's like a animated um, kind of retelling of a Chinese folktale. Right. Little demon boy that has to realize, is he going to stay a demon? Is he going to stay good? It's well animated. It's imaginative it's fun okay. it's not like copying something you'd see in north america it's like purely from a chinese perspective which is okay. really fun i mean i can't think of the last big animated film that came out that mm -hmm. looked like this and this was a massive hit yeah. so i feel like there will be many more coming out one just came out a few weeks ago or, i don't know maybe it was delayed because of uh, virus stuff okay and i feel there will be a lot more coming from well go yeah. so if oh, you yeah. have a kid and you want something like pixar ish i believe it's english dubbed as well it is because yeah, it just got re-released uh in theaters as an english dub version oh, yeah okay. which was very surprising so i mean and it has the original track i'm sure yeah uh, as definitely. well yeah it's been doing well so clearly yeah people are more aware of these imports mm. coming in we also have swing kids this is a south korean film from yeah. 2018 people really like this one it looks Didn't fun see it. yeah, yeah it's like a musical Toronto Film Festival mm -hmm. a few years back. Yeah, it seems like a South Korean, yeah, Korean War musical type thing. But, at know, a POW camp. At a POW camp, yeah. you know. And and no I, relation to the, you know, 90s Swing Kids. <laughs> or maybe, maybe it's a similar kind Wait, of... Wait, what is the 90s Swing Kids? With Christian Bale. I never saw it. Shot, yeah, it's like a big <laughs> it's a, movie is it? for teens. They were teens in, during World War II in Germany oh. who learned to dance to... <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, like Jojo Rabbit, right? Nazis. Yeah, it's just like Jojo <laughs> Rabbit, right? I never actually saw it. I don't remember it was a big deal. We also have Winter Flies from Film Movement. This is a Slovenian film, isn't it? Because the director's Czech Slovenian. It. On the back it says Czech. Okay. But yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it's probably Czech then. Yeah. Coming of age movies? Yep. Apparently. Two boys, uh, self assured 14 year old Mara, an eccentric he do get in a car and set out in the frozen wilderness in search of adventure. Woo! Yeah, coming of age. Yeah. Movies. Yeah, it's like a dime a dozen. <laughs> Ouch. I'm sorry. No, this looks good. I mean, again, another like festival holdover that mm. film movement, you know, has the rights film to. Film movement just film goes movement, and like you know. picks up from the giant yeah, what pile. What can we grab today? I mean, this is what you're really excited for. ZZ Top, <laughs> yeah. a little old band from Clearly, Texas. Clearly, you know I'm a ZZ Top fan. Uh, <laughs> this is being I released by Eagle Top. Rock. Yeah, um, this is this is only noteworthy because it's it is a Canadian made doc from the guy Sam Dunn who made he did Metal a Headbangers Journey, which was like a big documentary. Oh, I'm confusing him with the guy who did Anvil, who yeah, went on to do Sasha uh, Gervaisi. Yeah. He did some like studio he did uh, Hitchcock. That's what it was, and then he did <laughs> something else. He, yeah, he did the Anthony Hopkins Hitchcock. Yeah, Metal a Headbangers Journey. I don't like that documentary very much. It was okay at yeah. the time, but mm -hmm. I haven't. Seen, but then he's just devoted his life to doing these like metal documentaries. I think he did one on, and then he did like a doc on Rush, I believe. Mm. Oh, I watched the Rush one. Yeah, because it was like four uh, hours long too. Stage or something. Yeah, yeah. So now he's easy top, top one. Yeah. Are, are you a ZZ Top fan? No. no I can't even name one of their songs off the top either. of my head. Me neither. They've got beards. I know. I know <laughs> they're a band. I know they have beards. Yeah. So that's all I got. That's so, all but I got. all ZZ Top heads, you know, you're going to want to watch this documentary. Yeah, it was. It actually, you know, got theatrical play. Like, apparently, it's a bit bigger of a dog. Mm. We don't usually carry a ton of music stuff here. Yeah. It's just not our. We don't get a huge market for it, but when it's a bigger doc, you know. And finally, Playmobil the movie, <laughs> which we basically we haven't watched. Talked seen. About. We haven't seen. I kind of watched the trailer I kinda, I watch obsessively because so I was like, I, "What is this?" <laughs> as soon as I finished Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson too, I was kind of like, 
I don't wish I'd watch Playmobil. <laughs> uh, good, like Daniel Radcliffe. I know, one of it's the got voices. like a huge voice cast, Yeah, right? I mean, a huge voice of like B-listers. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> this was supposed to be a huge release as well. And I know. I think it came out the theater and digitally simultaneously. It did, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know. Did you ever play Lego with Playmobiles? No. Oh, a little bit. Those I mean, are like the late, those are like the big ones, like, right? Yeah. Versus yeah, the, yeah. the Legos, which are Lego, small. Yeah, and you don't really... Build stuff. Build stuff. Is, I guess you build a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think when I was really, really young, I had some Playmobil stuff, but I have no memory of it. I do love that the studios have followed the path that I thought they would and just take, like, shitty properties and try to make movie, emoticons. The yeah. movie. <laughs> you didn't yeah. see that one, did you? I did not see that one. <laughs> that just looked obnoxious because that was, like, a big hit in theaters. Or too. Trolls. Oh, Trolls. Oh, man. So there's a movie coming out called Trolls World Tour. Yeah. And oh yeah, it's a sequel. Right? Yeah, it is a sequel. Oh, and someone told me that the trailer is so crazy that it looks like a um, just like an experimental like Stan Brackage. Yeah. And I was like, I don't believe you. And then I watched it and I'm like, I don't know what is going on in this trailer. <laughs> well, it's just colors and light and music. Oh it makes me feel a hundred years old. Well, to that end, so I remember when the first Trolls came out, some lady came in and was like really excited to buy it and everything. She was like, Have you seen this movie? It's like an acid trip. If you're not on acid. And you watch this movie, you'll feel like you're on acid. I'm on acid right like, now. I know. I was like, yeah, that's what my first thought was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently it's a trip. So yeah. if you want to get really high and watch it, sure. <laughs> Trolls. Playmobil, though. Yeah. I mean, I think with like the Lego movie, what was so great about the, I never saw the second yeah. one or any, but the first Lego movie I loved a lot because it, you know. For oh, being, I love the first for Lego movie. something like, you know, it's obviously like a corporate product, mm-hmm. but they, the but whole thing is very anti-consumerist, yeah. right? Like I love the messaging in it. I mean, Lego movie, this, two, I don't Lego movie 2 has an amazing um, kind of, not twist, but basically the villain of the movie is the hero of the uh, first okay. one. Uh, he thinks he's the like the cool, manly guy mm. that has to do the right thing, and it's revealed. It's like, no, everybody's good and they're happy. You right. just think you're trying to prove your manliness, okay. and he like fights like a time-traveling version of himself that's uh, like, okay. you know, once you grow up to be old like me, you'll watch cool stuff like The Matrix, and you'll understand <laughs> what's going on. That's interesting. Yeah. Actually, I like that. And that's actually the same thing as Wreck-It Ralph 2, which is also about like Wreck-It Ralph is the one that's wrong. There's oh, not okay. really any villain, but yeah, so. That's cool. I recommend, I guess, Lego Movie 2. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the second one. I don't think Playmobil the movie is going to have any of those uh, <laughs> no. interesting character dynamics nope. or, you know, anti-consumerist messaging or anything. No, I, I think like. the message will probably be, buy Playmobil. Playmobil. <laughs> Which, whoa, they still make this? Yeah, I guess so. That's still a thing. When are they going to do, like, the Crazy Bones movie? Like, <laughs> oh, you know, man. The, I had a box of Crazy Pog Bones. Movie. The Pog oh, movie. there's got to be a Pog there's movie coming. Be a Pog <laughs> is Pog copyrighted? Like, the name uh, Pog? It's got to be. But I remember there were so many, be, right? like, Pogs, though, that said Pog on it. I got to find out... What what the name is, and I'm just gonna write a feature length pog based film. Pog movie I would work. love it. It's like, all right, no metal slammers allowed. Grasshoppers <laughs> yeah. work though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like what the strategy is. So would the pogs actually all be like in pogs that talk and like move around? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I, what are the pogs like? No, I, I thought that in my version it was like a high stakes. So like, it's just like people yeah, playing like, pogs. like the Cincinnati oh, kid okay. kind so of thing. You want to take like a realistic? Yeah. Like, all right, I like that. But. Like that. Uh, the cover will have like a talking pog that has like sunglasses and he's going like this like kangaroo jack and you're like I can't wait for the the pogs to sing and dance just like kangaroo jack and then you watch the movie and you're like it's just a normal ass kangaroo 
Wow, the trailer's all like hip eh? hop. A hip, hip, I know. Hip, 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 <laughs> what, 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 you'd have to sing a Smash Mouth song, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone yeah. would be hit on the head and they like hallucinate that the pogs are singing yeah. and dancing. So, like, it'd be done in stop motion. 100% chance of Smash Mouth. In yeah. This movie. All right. I got to do this pog movie. I'm sure there's a YouTube trailer online Definitely. that's like yeah, the dark <laughs> pog trailer. But I think that my serious version of like gamblers oh, <laughs> like, I like this is my word. last chance. Yeah, yeah. There's an underground pog scene, apparently. Yeah. Pogs are bad. I mean, look, somebody's got to be. Playing pogs out there somewhere. No one is playing, no one is playing pogs, pogs and crazy bones. How did you play crazy bones? Again, I didn't. I feel like we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I feel we've had it yeah, before. I, I don't remember, but yeah, I had the whole set. Yeah, I, I had it too. Yeah, it was like it was a great. big box. Nobody else I knew. Nobody had. else I had. <laughs> While pogs were cheap and anybody yeah. could. Remember those giant containers? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were like oh, massive. So good, yeah. I love my Simpson pogs so much. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> All right. Brings me back. All right, enough padding, Mark. Note, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, if you want Pogs to be sold to Bay yeah, videos, please comment and <laughs> yeah. say whether you like Pogs or not and whether you want the Pog movie to get off the ground. Yeah, Pog, the movie. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to write, like, GG so there's no copyright <laughs> in Frank Mitch. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We should start creating new Pogs of, like, you know, of, of like, bad straight-to-video, like, Oh, uh, that'd be great. How would you do that? Like, how would you cut yeah, the Nick Pog? Nick Stahl on a Pog or something. Yeah. Get that going? Remember yeah. Nick Stahl? He's back <laughs> He's in Pog form. <laughs> all right so until ideas next week plenty yeah here on the Bay Street video podcast it's the morning that's when all the ideas all of them sound good yep yep <laughs> so until next week my name is the clue and i'm mark hansen oh wait before we go we should tell people to subscribe yes. and review the podcast please, please review people have contacted me and gone i've reviewed the podcast in canada but it hasn't shown up yet that's because we don't have enough you need like three minimum in uh, like whatever places because uh, iTunes breaks it up by like country mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you look at iTunes you can change it by writing like US in yeah. the address bar but if you're in Canada please review it we yeah. have more than enough listeners that should I know like please yeah please <laughs> Go to come add, on like, now you love and, us right yeah we want to get up on those charts yeah. can you imagine we're like number one in the movie <laughs> podcast yeah it's like what is this oh well, the people just tell us you disagree with us no don't tell us no? you disagree no no bad ratings well, you can tell <laughs> we don't have enough tell me specifically you disagree yeah. with me that's fine and yeah. share the podcast uh, yeah. on social media be like ooh I really like this because they talk about movies this is the one place where you can hear about all the new movies coming out. Yeah. There's nowhere else. Honestly, please do. And stop on by if you're in Toronto. Yeah. Or come visit Toronto. Come, come visit Toronto <laughs> just specifically to come by and see the store. All right. So until next week, for the second time, my name is the Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Mark Musical uh, Hansen. My voice broke a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. gonna, you're finally hitting puberty. Be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, finally. Kitty, what you wanna watch. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.